2: Come on, come all. It is Sunday Fun Day. It is the event many people call the Super Bowl. We call it the big game mainly because we try not to get sued by the NFL. But regardless of however you want to call it, we got a matchup between the Chiefs and the Niners down in Vegas. And truth be told, I have been waffling on this one for quite some time. Because on paper objectively and talking through this the entire year San Fran's been a better team and it's not close San Fran has consistently been the better team the Niners are favored by two it's gone down to one and a half it's been up as many as three but that's literally only in the most minute books it's been hovering in this two to two and a half range for two weeks Two weeks. Can I get any separation, Uh, true separation on a number? We've had many of the bets uh, in terms of overall dollars still come in on the Chiefs side. The The totality of bets are on the Chiefs side. It's not close. Like, the public's on the Chiefs. The public is saying the Niners have to prove it. For them to buy into the Niners winning the Super Bowl. That's what this is coming down to. The Chiefs are getting the Tom Brady Patriots Mystique-esque edge. In this Super Bowl. But. If we look at this objectively. In terms of rushing efficiency. Rush defense. Pass efficiency. The Niners clear the Chiefs. It's not really that close. Truth be told. But. Let's let's start breaking this game down. Because at the end of the day, Chiefs are peaking for as good as this roster is going to look like this year. And San Fran has played two of the tightest games imaginable and probably should have lost both their playoff games. If we're being honest with ourselves, from the game state that both the Packers and the Lions had them in, the San Fran should have lost both of those games. Like, that's the reality of the situation. But, they're still the better team. But... You know, again, let's talk about it because this is where we have to kind of do the due diligence as to why things have gone the way they've gone lately. So, without much further ado, we're going to do the Super Bowl breakdown, the initial thoughts, and then start going through the DFS uh, side of the house uh, along with the betting pick. So, uh, let's get things started. Let's look at things from the Niner side of the fence. The Niners have not been an underdog all season long. I repeat this. The Niners have not been an underdog all season long. The worst is the fact that they've only been favored by less than four points four times this year. In four games this year, they've been favored by less than four points. And they went 4-0 against the spread uh, in, in those situations. And by, uh, just so you know, those four games were at Pittsburgh, home against the Cowboys at Jacksonville at Philly. And they won all those games by at least 23 points. And somehow they're, they're, they're the underdog in this matchup. That, that, that in of itself should kind of give you an idea of like, what are we doing here on the flip side? Let's talk about the worst stretch of offense for San Francisco, which came in October and coincided with Debo Samuel getting hurt along with uh, left tackle Trent Williams and Brock Purdy in that weird period where he was in concussion protocol, but he somehow didn't miss any starts. That's still incredibly sus, but whatever. Uh, Those were the games where the team failed to score more than 17 points. If you ju- if you take out th- those games in-, in October, the the Niners were essentially <laughs> like they cleared the distance between the Niners and uh, uh, distance of victory uh, uh, from NFL teams were greater than uh, the separation from second place to the twentieth twentieth uh, ranked. Uh, uh, team in the league like the Niners were so much clearly better than every other team this year outside of that one stretch San Fran was the top rushing uh team not named the Ravens but San Fran was third in rush yards fourth in yards per carry and uh, number one in rushing touchdowns even though we have the Ravens in the league San Fran was number one in rushing touchdowns the Chiefs are 25th with 4 point yards per carry allowed. The... <laughs> uh, I mean, the only rationale you can give for the Chiefs side of the fence is the fact that the Niners lost all pro safety uh, Tolano H- Hufanga to a uh, season-ending uh, injury. And since that time... They have been worse defensively against the uh, passing attacks, and that has coincided with their struggles on defense stopping teams. So hence the reason why you saw Green Bay have their way with the Niners defense. You saw Detroit have their way with the Niners defense. The Chiefs are a significantly worse passing offense than either of those teams. The Chiefs have no receivers. (laughs) The way the Chiefs win this game is with the uh, run game. And they're going to have to do it through the run game. Because guess what? The Chiefs' 28 turnovers in the regular season are the most by a team that reached the Super Bowl since the 2015 Broncos. And that Broncos team won outright as an underdog because their defense was so stout that even with Peyton on his last legs as a QB because remember that was when Peyton was getting benched for in favor of Brock Osweiler uh, because he couldn't throw and he, his body could not take the hitting so he needed breaks that 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 Broncos offense was so brutal that they were turning the ball over at a high clip KC's turning the ball over because these receivers can't catch Outside of Ras- Rasheed Rice, I hate the I hate the Chiefs receivers in this game. The, if the Chiefs are going to win this game, it's spamming passes to Travis Kelsey and Noah Gray. Uh, you, use the tight ends in the slot against the Niners. Try to throw some receiver screens to Rasheed Rice, but realistically, they're going to have to pound the rock. Taking deep shots against the Niners' defense, I don't think is the way to go about it. I I, I think that's a recipe for disaster for the Chiefs. So, Casey, they've been better since they've expanded Rasheed Rice's role, and you know, instead of trying to throw to all these other scrubs <laughs> in the wide receiver core, just focusing on him, focus on Kelsey. That's when they've been effective enough on offense uh, for this playoff run. You know, it, it it's, but. The concerning thing about the Chiefs is they still have a minus four turnover margin since Thanksgiving. It's not like as though they've done this tremendous job not turning the ball over. They still turn the ball over. That's why San Fran's defense is absolutely in play. No question. The Chiefs defense is in play too because that's the only way they're going to stay in this game. The Chiefs defense has has the ball out. But... For us to argue that the Chiefs have become this great team is ludicrous. The Chiefs have just done enough and let other teams short circuit themselves, just so, um, <laughs> to lose games they have no business losing. Truth be told, Chiefs should have lost to the Ravens and they should have lost to the Bills. Like that's just as long and short of the matter. The Bills and Ravens have got to be kicking themselves. Bills because I I don't know what goes on in Josh's brain sometimes and they can blame they can blame the Bills defense all they want but like that game was lost by the Bills offense not being able to control game situations when they had multiple chances with the Chiefs stalled out the Bills offense could not get it done period when it mattered because KC wasn't doing anything in the second half And then the Ravens just chucking the ball over the place for no good reason. Uh, Listen, just lots of brain cramps all around on the opposing team sides. But the Chiefs can't control whether or not the other team has a brain cramp. I mean, let's be honest. Kyle Shanahan has been incredibly tight these first two playoff games between the Packers and the Lions. When the lights are brightest, is he supposed to magically not be tight for the Super Bowl? we we saw we saw him blow this game 4 years ago against the Chiefs when he had Jimmy G because they had the Chiefs beat and Kyle found a way to lose that game. Let's let's not act as though Kyle is blameless in all of this. So, with that being said, if we go back through these games, this is still a case for the Niners to win. There is a specific game script the Chiefs need to follow in order to win this game or at least cover the plus two. It comes down to run the ball, limit San Fran's uh, possession time, avoid the turnovers, and with everything humanly possible, let this be a game where you are forcing brock purdy to beat you not to say that brock purdy can't beat you because he absolutely can because i still think that you can throw on this chief secondary at times and Debo Samuel and Ayuk are good enough to do it but that's a higher percentage chance than the chiefs of run tackling holding up against mccaffrey and all the various screenplays that the niners are going to be throwing at the chiefs throughout the the game today, I, I don't think that's a recipe for success for the Chiefs' defense. I think the Chiefs' defense are going to try to get after it, try to force uh, some third and long situations, and take the screen game out of San Fran's hands. Th- to me, that's the biggest way for the Chiefs to win this game. San Fran has a couple of ways to win this game, but because of how tight I think Kyle is probably going to be again for the Super Bowl, because he's been tight this entire postseason run, I... I I don't. I don't have. I don't have a great deal of confidence that Kyle Shanahan is magically going to be uh, free, freewheeling and dealing and calling up trick plays uh, for the Super Bowl. May, maybe he'll surprise me, but if he's if he's feeling uh, if he's feeling uh, if he's feeling loose, then San Fran's going to smash this team, in my opinion. I just don't think he, he's going to be loose. I think he's going to be tight as usual. So that's what gives the Chiefs a chance. The fact that the Niners could be actually tight for a game where they are demonstrably better than the opponent that they're going up against, I think, is the uh, the biggest case for the Chiefs uh, positively winning this game is mentality. Chiefs are playing with house money. Niners actually feeling pressure because they should be uh, they should be able to beat this Chiefs team. They're, they're like that's the long that's the truth of the matter. If we're being honest with ourselves, yes. Kansas City is going to say nobody believes in us. Everyone says the Niners are better. They're going to play that whole nobody believes in us card because truth be told, they shouldn't believe in you. You are the, the you are the weaker team, and that was the case with the last uh, the last week. Uh, well, two weeks ago, a match against Baltimore, you were the weaker side. It's it wasn't actually that close. So that's really where we we kind of come down to. So. To me, this is still a San Fran minus two situation. I still think this this game goes under because I do think the Chiefs limit the possessions enough that it's going to be hard for San Fran to demonstrably pull away. And this kind of comes into a a run and shoot type of game where uh, there's going to be quick scores all around. I, I, I think this is going to be more of a methodical game on both sides. And the clock's going to burn pretty quickly. And before you know we're going to, you know, even with all the Super Bowl commercials, this game should move at a pretty good clip, in my opinion. So, that's where I stand. We shall see how the actual game plays out. But we're going to take a quick break. And I'm going to start going through my thought process for the DFS slate. Because the betting side and the DFS side are two very different things. So, we're going to get into that a, a little bit shortly. So, stick around, folks.
1: Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills.
3: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you.
1: Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready.
2: Folks, from an overall breakdown standpoint, I already told you, like, the Niners should win this game. But when you're looking at this from a fantasy perspective, the pricing is what matters. And the pricing on McCaffrey makes it extremely tough to start factoring in a ton of plays if you put him in the captain. McCaffrey is 12,000 on DraftKings. And because of that, you're basically allocating 18 grand uh 18 yeah, 18 grand of the 60 just from McCaffrey alone in the captain. There's not a lot of pieces to fit in. So, realistically, You've got Mahomes at ten thousand six hundred, Kelsey's at ten thousand two hundred, Purdy's at ten k. It's not a lot of room, and given the fact that we are predominantly going to see a lot of running in this game, my, that's my prediction for this game. I don't see a ton of deep passing routes. I see short passing game, and I see lots of fronts. I think that favors a world where you're seeing a lot of uh, Travis Kelsey. I think it also favors Pacheco. And then it depends on how San Fran wants to set it up, but I still mean that it it does work for CMC, as well as Debo Samuel uh, out of the backfield. Possibly Ayuk, but I think Ayuk and Kittle are more likely to split time getting those short passing routes. So from my perspective... I look at this from the uh, standpoint of, and, you know, name branding aside, the we got seven studs that I want to make sure that I have exposure to throughout my lineups. Number one, McCaffrey, who, through two playoff games, has 37 carries and 17 targets. I mean, now... Has the Chiefs defense, was uh, Steve Spagnuolo, been um, stout? Yeah, Spags has been getting the job done. The Chiefs defense has given up only 165 yards rushing to running backs in three playoff games so far. But CMC has also been the most dominant running back in fantasy this year. Uh, he's he scored over 100 points more than any other running back this year. To boot, uh, I mean, it, 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 it. it's just, it is what it is. So this is where you have to start making some decisions because I'm still going to have McCaffrey uh, captain lineups, but I'm going to have to get a little bit different in terms of how I play McCaffrey. I think a lot of McCaffrey lineups I'm playing will feature the Niners' defense and that it turns into some type of blowout run or some type of defensive uh, turnover... Forcing McCaffrey to get short yardage and he punches in for a touchdown, and I get the uh, uh, turnover uh, points from the defense. So, like we need something. I think we're going to need something kind of goofy for McCaffrey captain lineups to get there without it being a tremendous chop at the top. That's the other thing. Is like McCaffrey captain is going to be extremely popular. Also popular going to be Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has averaged uh, 239 passing yards and 25 uh, rushing yards per game in the playoffs. I mean, when you look at the Niners, they gave up uh, almost 200 passing yards to Jordan Love, who left plenty, uh, plenty on the table. And then uh, Goff carved them up for 293 yards through the air. There's opportunities to attack... This San Fran secondary. But as I mentioned before, I expect it to be short passing yarding, yardage plays, and then run after the catch for the Chiefs receivers. Travis Kelsey is the wild card in this. Travis Kelsey is going to be extremely popular for many reasons. One, there's the whole Taylor Swift thing and the narratives of the Swifties. Uh, Somehow being <laughs> involved in football and may actually try sports betting for the first time in their lives over the weekend. The, yes, there, there's there's a realistic possibility, but there is also the likelihood of a Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown prop uh, being in the 200 range. That is the touchdown prop I would be focusing on. Can Mc, uh, can Kelsey get in there? Absolutely. Am I banking on Kelsey getting in there? Not necessarily. I think this is a volume game for Kelsey. If Kelsey gets in there, he's probably going to be optimal. But, in terms of the playoffs, uh, Kelsey has participated in uh, 80% of the routes, and he leads the team with 27 targets. Th- that That's the reality of the situation. Rasheed Rice leads the Chiefs in... Uh, Uh, Route running at 81.3%. And he's second in targets with 23. That's the reason why Rasheed Rice is hitting all these optimals uh, when you kind of look at the game because he's only 7,600. So we have to factor him in there amongst the studs that you're trying to fit in. But I don't think it's an absolute guarantee you need uh, Rasheed Rice either. The guy that I'm looking at, though, that I think will get us different enough and you probably will need him in some capacity is Isaiah Pacheco. Because to me, the way you go after the 49ers, if you're trying to win this game as the Chiefs, you got to run on them. And you got to be able to run the ball consistently on the Chiefs. I think there's a pathway where Pacheco is touching this ball More than 20 times in the game tonight, whether that's through the ground or in the air. I think he's touching the ball 20-plus times tonight if the Chiefs are in this game. Because the (laughs) Niners defense has averaged 5.3 yards per carry to running backs in the two playoff games thus far. Uh, And I'm telling you point blank, Pacheco runs a lot harder than David Montgomery and Aaron Jones in 2023. That that's the reality of the situation. So if you were struggling to stop the run against those guys, I don't know what they're going to do against Pacheco. So to me, Pacheco is probably my favorite captain play. And it sets up an interesting dynamic where you can do a build, X the quarterbacks. Where we fade the quarterbacks, and you fit in uh, somebody's stud plays between Kelsey... Uh Rasheed Rice and you contemplate uh, McCaffrey. I think there's a very viable scenario where no quarterback is in the winning lineup because of the fact that it could be a very heavy run game. We could get rushing touchdowns instead of any passing touchdown. That's not out of the realm possibility. And just from the standpoint we don't get a huge amount of QB rushing because uh, both teams manage some level of contain. I don't think it's highly likely, but it's still a possibility that that actually is what goes on. So, with all that being said, let's talk about some of the other wild cards that influences this game. Brock Purdy, as you know, I will keep saying this, is a game manager. He should be a game manager. If the Niners are stretching Brock Purdy to drop back, and if he hits that uh, over uh, passing attempt yards at 32 and a half, and he's throwing the ball for more for 33 or more attempts, the Niners are, are playing more into the Chiefs' hands than the Niners are succeeding, in my opinion. like To me, that's a sign that the game's not going well for the Niners if Brock Purdy has to drop back that many times. To me, this is a ride CMC. Let Brock scramble for a couple of first downs here and there. Keep the ball on the ground. Wear out the Chiefs' defense. If Brock has to keep throwing on the Chiefs' defense to get the ball out to uh, Brandon Nayuk and uh, uh, Kittle, I think that's a sign that the 49ers are struggling and are searching for ideas and letting uh, the ball loose. Now, I know folks are going to say it's like they should be throwing the ball more. Not necessarily against this matchup. The the Chiefs' defense is predicated on hitting the quarterback, getting rushes, and just doing enough to impact his throwing motion and getting his line-of-sight vision at the last second to create those opportunities. I don't want variance with the Niners' offense. I know they can consistently run the ball on this Chiefs' defense. Between Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, they should be able to generate... Enough offense on the ground that we, realistically, if I'm a Niners fan, should not be worrying about how many yards Brock Purdy's throwing the ball for. Because it should not matter. And that leaves us to Debo Samuel himself. He's second on the 49ers in targets with 11, despite the fact that he only has run 51% of the routes, due to a shoulder injury. I think Debo is still going to get targeted, but his focus is going to be on the run game. I I think they're going to do a heavy uh, run-based game between McCaffrey and Debo. And in the red zone, we may see Debo run carries, as opposed to McCaffrey, out of the Wildcat. That wouldn't shock me in the slightest, because we've seen the Niners go this route. So, with all that being said... There is a, 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 a pathway where I didn't talk about some of the value. One of the value plays, and I, you know, it's kind of weird labeling him more as a value play, is George Kittle. George Kittle is only 6,400 compared to some of these other plays. I mean, the next cheapest guy, realistically, that's uh, going to be a feature player is Rasheed Rice at 7,600. Kittle at 6,400 6, has red zone targets. Plays wildcat for the 49ers in the red zone. Is involved in uh, second in route participation in the playoffs at just under 85%. And third in targets at 10. He is way too cheap. Uh, Given the matchup, uh, Kittle could easily be featured here. So that's why I mentioned him in the value section. But the other value piece is Noah Gray at 1,800. He's been targeted nine times in the playoffs. Uh, and while he only runs just over a third of the actual route trees, his his targets compared to the actual number of routes he runs, he's out there for a reason. He's only 1,800. It allows you to fit in most of the studs. And there's a very viable build X the quarterbacks that you could put together without uh, with uh, Mister Gray in there. So, like I said, food for thought for your DFS builds. Not worrying about the quarterbacks, the other value pieces, the the kickers and the defenses. The Chiefs' defense essentially is way too cheap because of the fact that Chris Jones. Absolutely could blow up this game. There's there's not a doubt, realistically, uh, how dangerous uh, Chris Jones uh, could potentially be in this game. The Chiefs defense at 3,400 could have four sacks in this game. It wouldn't shock me. Now, it's not a likely scenario, but it's very well possible. We've seen this Chiefs defense just come up with massive plays uh, throughout uh, their postseason run. Especially with this defense. Knowing that the offense is going to have struggle for uh, periods of the game. The Niners defense at 4,400 has been making plays all season long with turnovers. Both defenses are too cheap. I'm also more than okay with playing Harrison Butker. The only reason why I'm not high on Moody is the fact that A... He's already missed a couple of kicks this postseason. And B, if I'm Kyle Shanahan and I already know that I've been a bit tight, I may not rely on Moody given that in tight games already this postseason, he's already missed a couple of kicks for me. I may just go for it with uh, the offensive line I have in Christian McCaffrey and just trust them to get it done in a short yardage situation rather than rely on Moody to get the job done because if it wasn't for Dan Campbell being a moron Nat would be bounced out because Moody couldn't kick uh, some kicks d- uh, down the stretch for him that that's the reality situation the other random plays and again not really the plays that I would be recommending for you guys because many of you aren't going to be paying that close attention but something just to be mindful of You have Jarek McKinnon, who is activated off of IR by the Chiefs. He hasn't played in almost two months because of a sports hernia, but he's only $200. He is technically the Chiefs' backup running back, normally. Now, he had 21 carries and 32 targets in 12 games this year. But, because of the injury, he has been MIA uh, for quite some time. It's going to be interesting if the Chiefs even try to get him involved. I have a tough time seeing it, necessarily. But it's always possible that he becomes involved in the offense and gets a red zone target because he is just creative enough out of the backfield that Andy Reid will run plays for him. Now, if McKinnon plays, and we won't know this, because even if he's active for kickoff doesn't mean he's gonna play Clyde Edwards Hilaire is 1200 he is the chief's backup running back with McKinnon now he has barely been used I don't like ceH at all in this game I just will prefer others to ch- uh, to chase him if McKinnon is inactive people will chase him even further I will just take a pass. Sky Moore has been out since week 15. Now, Sky Moore is yet another Chiefs wide receiver that they were trying to make happen, couldn't get it done, has been spotty to say the least. I don't necessarily see a pathway for Sky Moore to be effective for the Chiefs in this game, but In the event that the Chiefs need a big play, and most folks are banking on that uh, being a play run for MVS, there's a very real chance it could be done for Sky Moore, and he gets the deep bomb. over. uh, Because I think Sky Moore is higher on the pecking chart normally than Justin Watson is uh, under most circumstances. I think folks are overvaluing Justin Watson, if you will. Um, I think Watson is a terrible play tonight now doesn't mean to say that Watson won't get the chance because it's Andy Reid. he can pull up pull up any big play out of his uh, out of that out of that brand of his but from a probability standpoint Sky Moore being back massively <coughs> undercuts most of what Justin Watson was doing for the Chiefs and he was just basically running laps. He wasn't being targeted, but he was running the routes. Wasn't running effectively. That's the other reason why I think Sky Moore's going to replace him. But it's not like Sky Moore's this massive upgrade over Justin Watson either. So it's just more along the lines of another distraction for the 49ers to, to concentrate on. But in at the end of the day, I think from a roster construction standpoint, folks should be focusing on... McCaffrey and Pacheco in the captain's spot. I still look at this game being heavily predicated on the run game. I don't have any problems with the defenses, and the defenses don't even need to necessarily correlate. You could have a situation where the opposing defense could be in the lineup, you have the opposing running back in the captain, and all you need the opposing defense to do is get some type of defensive score And it's still going to be optimal at the the end of the day, unless it's a massive blowout. I just don't see enough scoring to truly hurt either defense. It's just, what can the defense do in the 60 minutes uh, to force turnovers and and try to rack up uh, additional points? Like, that's realistically where we're kind of going for with both of these defenses. I, I think they're... Areas where both offenses could stall for a period of time. And so the defenses could more than certainly be viable if they were able to force turnovers. So that's kind of where I'm leaning towards uh, 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 the game as a whole, just from a philosophy standpoint. I think there's more than enough areas where you can attack with builds favoring the Niners or favoring uh, builds for the Chiefs. The biggest thing I would say is the most overlooked part is the fact that I think both defenses are being undervalued in the marketplace uh, as a whole. So you can look at it that way, and then you can also look at uh, Pacheco with rushing attempts and rushing yards. I think they're still skewed way too low, thus making Pacheco an even better play at 8,000 because of the fact that if you play him in the captain, you're already having massive leverage off of the McCaffrey captain lineups, and you can fit in more pieces in addition to McCaffrey in the flex, as opposed to having McCaffrey in the captain spot. So, um, just a couple of ways you guys can kind of play from, uh, roster construction standpoint, but, uh, hopefully this is, uh, beneficial to you all. So I am going to call that, uh, a show. Uh, but, uh, enjoy the game everyone it should be a fun time um but uh yeah all the best to you and your super bowl parties and uh best of luck to everyone uh, uh betting on the game we're just watching it for fun so have a good one folks and uh we will definitely recap the game as well uh as part of our uh, bidding the nfl season adieu but uh that's all for now folks have a good one until next time be well
1: Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets.